0: Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now.
1: What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today's Saturday, August 27th. In today's episode, we have very special guests joining us all the way from the United Kingdom, from the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast, Paul and Mikey. What's going on, gentlemen? Hey,
0: how you doing? Good to to join you. Thanks for having us.
1: Good. I finally feel like we finally got you guys to join us. I think we tried (laughs) at least three or four times, and it's mainly our fault. It was either I had something come up last minute or Al had something come up last minute. So really excited that we're finally to finally able to get a a date and time to actually get this done so really excited for you guys to join us um how have your last weeks been um so far i mean the off season been uh it's been a little rough because we had a little excitement with the pro-am and now we're at a point where there's just nothing really going on how excited are you guys that you know eventually soon within the next month and a half or so we're finally going to get some magic basketball
0: go mike you go first
1: yeah, well, it's
2: it's been actually quite nice having a few quiet weeks. I think you guys are probably feeling feeling the same as we had the the tough year last year with twenty-two wins. Uh then we had the excitement around the NBA draft and drafting Paolo number one and Caleb Houston. Then we had NBA Summer League. So it's quite nice. Now we're in the calm before the storm. But yeah, like you said, we're only a few weeks away. We've got Eurobasket coming up in a few weeks' time as well. And then we'll be straight into training camp and uh then we'll get to see you guys in October.
0: So
1: you guys are coming coming in October. How long are you guys going to be here for?
0: I'm over for three weeks. Uh, I'm over for opening night of the NBA. Uh, So magic opening night in in the Amway as well. Um, And then Mikey, you arrive a week after myself, don't you? And uh, we get to to take in uh, a few games together, which will be absolutely brilliant. Just looking forward to getting back to... Orlando to the parks, but more importantly, getting into the Amway again and seeing the team that we all love. It's going to be amazing. I was talking to a friend at the team the other day and I said, the last game that we were at was um, games three and four in the 2019 playoffs. There are three guys remaining in that squad that we will, that are part of the team. Now we are going to see a whole different team. It's going to be very, very exciting for us.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: So let me let me ask how how does this happen? How is it that um you guys are uh, you guys have a podcast, you live in the United Kingdom, uh, you guys travel to Orlando often or not often. You mentioned um offline that you know it's been a few years since you've been here, but is there really a big following in the United Kingdom for the Orlando Magic? Like, where where did they even come from?
2: Yeah, uh, we've probably got the best fan base in the UK over here, yeah, and definitely. I think part of that with with it being one of the biggest tourist destinations that helps. We get a lot of people. That's how I became a Magic fan back in the early two thousands. I went over a, on vacation and caught a Magic game when T Mac was uh, was this was the franchise player back then, and uh, yeah, that, I've been a Magic fan ever since. And I think the same sort of thing happens for people they're on holiday and i think oh i'll catch i'll catch an nba game they go watch the magic and they get hooked so uh yeah we've got loads and loads of dedicated guys that be- better than me and paul that stay up to the early hours oh, of the man, morning yeah. every single night uh watch it like you think when we play on the west coast and you're playing 2am 3 m a.m. tip-offs against like the warriors and the lakers these guys are staying up to every hour under the sun watching the magic so um I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I feel hungover the next day if if I do so. But yeah, the uh, the fan base over here is massive,
0: and there's enough numbers staying up and watching that the uh, Twitter, the private Twitter group that we've got mm-hmm. for talking all things magic has conversations going on between guys about the plays and all these sorts of things and who, who what they would like to see happening in the game, as if you were sat there. That's at two, three, four in the morning. Incredible support that the team's got from UK fan base, and those guys are so dedicated. I can't, I can't do it. We have to laugh.
2: We we have to laugh when you guys are like, "Ah, I can't
1: stand a a ten (laughs) AM tip." on the
2: West Coast?
1: I give you guys guys so much credit because anytime we go on a West Coast road trip and the game's at nine thirty, ten o'clock, and it's a third quarter, and it's already like. 11.30, 11.30, I'm just like, dude, I, I don't, I gotta, I gotta wake up at six, seven o'clock in the morning, get, get the kids ready and, and go to work. Like, I struggle. So, I give you guys a lot of credit for, for being as committed. Cause if I, if it was the other way around, I would record it and I'd watch it the day after. Yeah. Turn off all electronic devices so I don't know the score. Okay. You've so got a ask, NBA league pass
0: for that.
3: Yeah. yeah I was right. gonna ask, is that what you guys do? So, you guys, of course, yeah. don't wanna stay up that late. You guys wake up the next day and watch the game the next day?
0: Yeah. Yes yeah. usually what, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 my PLA without a doubt. Makes yeah, that's sense. The way I do it. Well, we had the
2: schedule come out last week. So you guys are looking at like, I don't know, warriors and all, all the big games we're looking at like right how many games are starting before midnight in the UK. And I think it's <laughs> like 15 this season but uh yeah.
0: We've done really well this season on the schedule for early tips as far as uh, UK times go. It's it's been go. really good for that.
3: That's, yeah, man. Like I said, the dedication definitely is there. Again, we appreciate the support. Again, I know I know it's 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 hard to do, and you guys find a way to do it and maintain that fan base motivated and, and energized in the UK. So thank you for all the hard work that you guys do out there. Um, let's talk about some Magic Basketball, some NBA actually first. We're going to lead up today with the news of Chet missing yeah. the entire 2022-2023 season due to a foot injury suffered last weekend at the crossover event out there, at the Pro-AM. So I want to just throw it out there. And Mikey, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this? Mainly considering the fact that so many of us thought, hey, it's Chet the guy, it's Paolo, it's, it's Javari the guy. And many agreed that Chet might have been that guy for us. Mm. What, let's play what if for a second. What if the Magic had drafted him number one and this was the outcome? So what are your thoughts on all of that?
2: Well, we won't be coming in October. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um,
3: <laughs> no,
2: uh, it would have really deflated us, wouldn't it, to, to start the season had that been us at pick check number one. Um, You've you got to feel really sorry for the kid. Um, his first chance at, an, at NBA basketball, and, and this happens. I know it's quite a rare injury that happens to NBA players. Um, I was having a look. There's a there's a really good YouTube channel called uh, by Dr. Evan Jeffries, He's a physical therapist, and he does a lot of videos breaking down sports injuries and he was sort of explaining explaining that and there's only a couple of other nBA players I think eudonis Haslam was one of them mm. that have had surgery following this liz frank um injury so yeah, his his frame was a real concern. I mean, I I've on record on our podcast, uh, I certainly talked about this in depth with my history as like I've I've been a personal trainer for fifteen odd years and deal with all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, his his weight, his frame, his ability to to build that core and hip strength is certainly something the guy needs to do. And he's got a full year now that he can get over the injury and work on those sorts of things heading into the following year. But yeah, it's it's not a nice way to start the season. And uh, and I don't, I feel a bit sorry for people that are celebrating the fact that we're like, I told yeah. you so. There, there's no need for that necessarily. But um, yeah, I, I feel sorry for the kid. But hopefully, he can uh, recover quickly.
0: Without yeah. doubt, it was always the concern um, about him. Um, and as Mikey has said about being on record, I never warmed to him during the draft process. Um, but that being said, it was, it was just something about his demeanour I didn't get. I just didn't feel, didn't warm to him. Um, but I was genuinely looking forward to seeing him play. Um, going against Paolo, I think it would, have, it would have been really interesting to see what the guy could pr- produce in the NBA. Um I feel for the guy and I genuinely hope he comes through and I'm looking forward to seeing him come back next season. I'm not, I'm not going to celebrate somebody getting injured. You can't do it.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that when, when we look at the three players from this draft that, you know, really had the name, it was, it was Chet, Paolo and Jabari. Mm -hmm. I think that people were really interested to see the battle between Chet and Paolo the most. And I think that with the Orlando magic really just getting one real national game. And it was, it was going to be against OKC and we didn't get a chance to see Powell versus Chet and, and um, you know, the, and the so pro and yeah. we, we kind of missed that. Also, we didn't see in the summer league. Um, We were really like, I, I was really anticipating that game. Like that was a game that um, I was going to make sure that I didn't go to work that day. Like that whole entire day was going to be dedicated to the anticipation of Paolo and Chet. So the fact that we're not going to get that, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a huge bummer, um. But you do feel bad for Chet. You do feel bad for OKC. Um. At the same time, you know that injury. Whether you you say that it's because of of his slim frame or whatever case may be the the court was a major major issue. If anyone watched that mm-hmm. program and I and, and I watched the live feed on it, it was a mess from even before tip off. From my understanding, everything the AC wasn't working. Fire alarm went off um the floor was slippery they had to cut the game halfway through and it makes you almost think like man this could have really happened to anyone unfortunately it happened to chet um but it who knows it, it could have happened to Paolo. so then it makes you question all right so Paolo played in the summer league and we he only played a couple games until the magic decided all right we've seen enough you know we we want him to rest up that's it but yet he plays in how many pro-am games like he did it for Zeke and for Isaiah Thomas's. He did it for the crossover. I believe there was maybe another one, but he's been playing a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, And even some of the, the black ops that we've seen him take part in also And it's like, man, there, I wish that there was a way that these teams can kind of, you know, make these players like not participate in things like that, where it's like really, really competitive. Um, and it makes you worry because now OKC their their investment in Chet, you know that's that's gone for the season. Now who knows because of his frame, if those injuries are going to linger and maybe cause any other problems later down the road, you know I'm I'm very fortunate and happy that it didn't happen to Paolo, but it's definitely very very unfortunate.
0: We already yeah. know that had we, had we had we selected Chet, you're looking at uh, Twitter being full of the calls that we are tanking yeah. again. Yep, yep. Yeah. I, I can't, I don't want another season of that. No,
1: now, Mikey, I, I'm gonna ask you because you said you have a little experience with this. Do you yeah. think that if it wasn't Chet in that moment in that play guarding LeBron and it was Paolo, do you feel that Paulo may have experienced the same type of injury, or do you feel as if his body type would have prevented that injury? Like, did it not help Chet Holmgren? the fact that he has the body type that he has causing that injury. I, th- I think that's certainly part
2: of it. Like you said, I think the condition certainly played a part as well. Um And when uh, when you look at, what's the, ki- what's the kid, 195 pounds, and he, he's going up against LeBron. I mean, it's like running into a freight train, isn't it? So, <laughs> um yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to tell because... I mean, I mean, a lot of these kids will go through there all these different tests and and conditioning workouts and and everything else, and that it's all about the core stability and the hip stability. And if you don't have that, and I think I've read a bit about Steph Curry when he dealt with like ankle injuries when when he was in his early days in the NBA, he sort of dealt with these same sort of problems where he needed to work on that core strength, that hip strength because it connects to your lower leg. So. If that's not as strong as it needs to be to be as durable to last an 82 game season, then it's going to have a knock on effect on other on on other joints, and you increase that risk of injuries uh, in in other body parts, really. But yeah, I, I don't know; it's difficult to say. But I mean, we would have been disappointed. But I I, I do feel like people are slightly overinflating this a little bit because th- this has gone on every summer. For, for years and years and years. I think just now nowadays with social media, these players are getting more exposure in workouts and hype videos in the summer and pro-ams and all these things that a lot of these players are probably playing all summer regardless. It's just now there's a little bit more of a spotlight on it. So, yeah, they're going to come under a little bit more scrutiny if something happens like this. But I, I don't think you can really... Really stop it because you could get hurt in practice, couldn't you?
1: So that is true. It's it's just one of those things for me, but yeah, because I can't I can't think of another player, um and maybe definitely not as high caliber as a player of of Chet who's coming into mm -hmm. his rookie season, high draft pick, a lot of a lot of hype around Chet, of another player that you know got injured or got injured from a pro am. Um, and mm-hmm. even more so the fact that he's going to miss a whole entire season, which is yeah. which is pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Now, um, kind of transitioning into focusing really about Paolo. So HoopsHype.com, one of my favorite websites, been following that website since I was a little kid. Um, but they came out with this amazing article giving recognition um, to a, a player, Paolo Bancaro. So, Paul, I'm going to ask you first. Paolo Bancaro was ranked as the 10th best Power forward in the NBA. Um, included on this list, and I'll kind of rank them real quick. Giannis yeah. at one, Anthony Davis, two, Carl Anthony Towns, three, Zion four, Pascal five, Evan Mobley six, Scotty Barnes seven, Draymond Green eight, Tobias Harris, nine, and then Paolo at ten. Do you agree with that list? This is a kid that is 19 years old, hasn't played a day of professional NBA basketball, and he's already being ranked number 10. Do you agree or disagree?
0: Overall, I'm going to disagree simply because I'm I'm one of these people. I find these lists ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I really do. But I can't help reading through them either. And I think they're written deliberately for that controversy that, you know, it starts a debate amongst fans, which is, you know, the the website gets attention. The the Twitter feed, all that sort of thing gets the attention because it gets people interacting. Yeah, Paolo is, I do think, going to be an amazing talent. I really do. He is a smooth shooter. He is a playmaker. He's strong. He's going to be strong on defense. But as you said, Anthony, he hasn't played a minute of NBA basketball yet. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm absolutely buzzing to see him um, in his first home game uh, in the Amway against Boston I think that's going to be uh, a great thing to be part of um, we've only seen him in Summer League we haven't seen him go against any of the better opponents in any meaningful minutes so at this moment in time I think it's an overstretch uh, when you look at this Wendell was 21st I think on the list Aaron Gordon 19 um, and then you put uh Jaron Jackson Jr. at He was 11th. Mm-hmm. There's some players there that you could... I, I, I think there's argument anyway about restructuring on certain ones. I wouldn't put um, Zion as high as they've put him. Um, I think they're ignoring a whole lot of injury issues there and time out um, to actually have him. I think he was ranked fourth, you said, Anthony. Um, so, no, I don't agree with the list. But come the end of the season, I can see the argument that he's going to be Somewhere in that position, yeah, yeah. What about you, Mikey? Yeah, I, I mean,
2: like I said, until until the balls bounced and, and we get to see him on the floor. It's all trivial at the moment. Um, we don't get to see much college basketball over here, so it's a, we don't get to see so much. We we didn't get to see him play at Duke very much last year, so we we can't really. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what isn't right. Wendell Carter Jr. at twenty one and Aaron Gordon at nineteen. That is not right. right. That is not right. I am um, a big Wendell guy, so I'll, I'll defend him to the hill, man. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's hard to put it's hard to disagree with the other nine below Paolo. Um, and and I feel like maybe at this point, Jaron Jackson again, he's more proven. We we know what he what he is in the NBA. Uh, he's on a very good Memphis team as well. But yeah, I think tents a fair position for
1: him but not 21 for Wendell no chance yeah I think it makes it hard because what is the rank really like we don't know what factors are utilizing for this rank they're just saying this is who we think the 10 best are right um I personally feel as if maybe they should have put an asterisk on the rookies and they shouldn't be included because they've never played a game of basketball but just for conversation purposes right I think that if we are going to include these rookies, that Paolo should have been a little bit higher than 10. Right. So, Al, I'm going to kind of move it to you. When it comes to Paolo Bancaro, who would you rather have on your team, Paolo Bancaro or Tobias Harris?
0: That's
3: a good one. Good question. That's a good one. I mean, it depends on what I'm trying to do. Ah, I'm trying to win. You're, you're adding <laughs> way too much information, way too much. If would I could pick rather?
0: Rather
1: one. If you can pick only one player right now, Paolo Banqueiro is now in the Orlando Magic. If you can only add one player to the Orlando Magic right now for this team, for this upcoming season, would you rather Tobias Harris or Paolo Carroll?
3: It would have to be Paolo for me. Just hey, that's thinking a, about the Magic right now. That's a great choice. That's my Yeah.
1: So your favorite West Coast team is the Golden State Warriors. This team right now, would you rather Draymond Green or would you rather Paolo
3: Carroll? See, I know too much about You're that team. So it's, much hard. it's hard. It it's hard. Green, <laughs> it's or is hard. It's hard. Paulo is the ah, oh, no, I'm sorry. Draymond is the heart of that team, so it's gotta be Draymond no, just um, because uh, he's someone uh, okay. that kind of he's a building yeah. block of what they I, do. I would agree yeah, with. I'm um, Draymond right? as well.
1: I would agree with yeah. you. Would you rather Scotty Barnes or Paulo? That's Bancaro? the one I wanted.
3: That's the one I wanted, and I also gonna bring it up because I don't know about you guys, but. I feel like there's a lot of hype around Scotty Barnes. I understand the potential. I understand the raw potential that he has. Athleticism, defender. He can't shoot. Can't really show anything beyond the, the free throw line. So I get the, the future is there. But I'm hearing comparisons to Janice. I'm hearing all these crazy things out there. Do you guys agree with that? To put him seventh on this list? I, with Scotty Barnes?
1: I, I get that it's it's positional, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, if we're putting Franz next to Scottie Barnes, I'm still picking Franz just because I I, I think that longevity wise, I think that Franz will bring more than Scottie Barnes. I'm also a really big Scottie Barnes hater. I hate the fact that he has so much height. <laughs> I hate the fact that there was a whole debacle with, um, with the Raptor fans and and all of that. So I I am not I do not root for anything Scottie Barnes related. Um, but if I'm if I'm picking Paulo between Scottie, I'm I'm definitely going going Paulo. So Draymond Green, I would agree with you. I, I think that just from yeah. the championship pedigree, everything that he's able to bring, he's a he's a floor general in his own right and I think that you would have to go Draymond Green. But there's <laughs> two players on this list already that you would potentially select Paulo over them. So if it was me, I think Paulo may be a little too high, might, might be a little too low on this list. I would put him a little bit higher. That's just me. I can gotta see ask, the argument. Yeah, I can see the argument.
3: Mikey and Paul, in your case, if you could start a team right now, actually on the Magic right now, would you rather have Scotty Barnes or Paolo on the Magic today? It's
2: Paolo. It's Paolo. You, you need that number one go-to scorer. We've, we've yeah. got him. So we, we've been missing that guy for what feels like years now. So, yeah, we, we we've seen these unicorn sort of combo sort of forward sort of players we've 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 tried in we've we've tried that sort of road before and it, it's not really worked um paolo's more proven at the college level and you can see some of what he did at the college level tr- translates really well to the nba we've seen
1: that before so yeah paolo for me easily yeah so, so
0: that's you it. That's,
1: that's my point that's why this is why i love these random <laughs> random articles at these these uh outlets come out with because it it gives us conversations with that being said let's move on to another wild article from (laughs) an outlet so this is coming from bleacher report so bleacher report decided to do a redraft for the 2017 NBA draft remember this is the draft that held the likes of Jonathan Isaac and uh, Markel Fultz now with that also being said with this redraft Jonathan Isaac was selected number 14 in this redraft. Also, with that being said, Markel Fultz was yeah. not anywhere near where he was drafted at one. So when we're 19th, taking a look at saying. that, yeah, 19th, right. So when we're taking a look at that, do you do you consider, because the, the main debate that everyone has is, well, they kind of have a point. And the point is, is that mm-hmm. they've been injured So they really haven't been able to produce on the team. We really haven't been able to really see the type of players that they are. But Mikey, I'll give it to you first. Um, Is it, is that an acceptable excuse for these guys or have we at least seen flashes enough to where, if we're looking at the NBA draft that you would still pick them a lot higher um, than what this report is saying? Well, I'll start with when healthy,
2: Jonathan Isaac is much better than half of these players that uh, that have been picked before him. But, What's more valuable, a player that's actually going to play, <laughs> or or the product uh, and the production they're going to give you on the floor, or or not even being able to get onto the floor? So, yeah, again, like you said, it's it's a valid argument why he's further down the list. But look, we, we know what Ji is. He's a he's a defensive player of the year candidate, and I think I'm really excited to see Ji back this year because I think people forget what sort of impact he had, especially in that 2019 run to the playoffs and that, with that that last stretch of the season. He 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 made a real impact on the defensive end of the floor. And like even if you go back and watch game three, he was our stand-up player, especially in the, the first stretch of that game. Um his impact is massive um and can't be understated, but the the kids got to play more games and that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So yeah the the value is the value comes in being able to to play 82 games for me so i get it yeah but and the same with markel Foltz too like that the kid's talented we we saw what he did in the in the 10 15 games that he returned this year but
1: yeah get healthy man <laughs> yeah to give everyone kind of a visual of what this draft looked like number 1 was jason tatum Followed by Bam at two, Donovan Mitchell three, Jared Allen four, John Collins five, Darian Fox six, Lonzo Ball seven, OG at eight, Derek White nine, Luke Kennard at ten, Laurie Markkinen at eleven, Kyle Kuzma everyone's favorite Kyle Kuzma at twelve, Josh Hart thirteen, followed by Jonathan Isaac at fourteen. Why is Josh Hart in front of Jonathan Isaac? It's like don't, those are the things like the injuries I get, not being able to play a majority of of a season. I get it. But not having Markel Foltz nowhere near um the, the lottery 14, I find insane. Jonathan mm-hmm. Isaac, at least you you have something special. There's there's something there. You're still trying to figure out what that is, but there, there's something there. Al, what are you what are you thinking? Is is injuries enough to be able to push these guys back in a redraft?
3: College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same game parlay for a shot on an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one you like, which team will win, which team will score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sports app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21-plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text, hope and why, 467369. One per customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. I, I think so. I mean, obviously, they got to play more, both of them, G.I. and Markel, both. However, there are some names in that list that I'm just like, really? Even if I had the chance today, knowing that Markel and G.I. were injured, I would probably take my chance on them before this guy. So Derek White is one of them. Good role player, but I'm not going to pick him with a top 10 pick in the draft, knowing who he is as a player. Mm -hmm. Luke Kennard, good shooter. What else can he really do besides that? The NBA, not really much. Laurie Markkinen, another guy that's solid, but always hurt. So if I'm comparing J.I. to him, I'll take J.I.'s potential over his. And like you mentioned, Josh Hart. So those are four names to me that should not be in in that list above Jonathan Isaac. I understand the concerns, I understand the issues with the injuries. But even if I normally knew that, like what the Magic did with Chuma Kiki, drafting him with a knee injury, Nji, that was the same situation. I would still draft him above these guys because of what he can be down the road. If develop him properly, build his body, which the Magic have been doing, I think like Mikey mentioned, his potential is top defender in the NBA at the very least. So get him healthy, get him back on the court. That's what you're getting. Those other guys are role players at best.
1: So Jonathan Isaac was drafted number six in that 2017 NBA draft. So we're looking at Lonzo Ball, who was also a player that has struggled with the injuries. I would take Jonathan Isaac over Lonzo Ball. OG, have you guys seen a lot of OG? Al, maybe.
3: Not really. I know he's solid with the Raptors, but not not very much.
1: Yeah, my understanding that he's solid as well. Another player that dealt with injuries. Derek White has yep. been a a really good role player. Luke same thing laurie laurie would i would say that he's a little bit better than a role player um but definitely not at an all-star level kyle kuzma you can make that debate but josh hart i still i still don't get so paul if you were to draft jonathan isaac or if you were to put jonathan isaac somewhere in that board um where would you draft him at realistically at one number what number would you i still
0: put? don't mate, i still don't regret us taking him on this redraft um my initial thoughts were, behave. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, I felt it ridiculous that he dropped so much. Uh, once you read through, I can see the arguments for 11th or 12th. But I would, if I was in the top 10, I would still have took Jonathan Isaac. Um, yeah, we know he's been injury prone. Yeah, we know that there's no guarantees that when he returns, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when he returns, that he's going to be the same player as he was. He's played 141 total NBA games. Um, he's recorded a game high of 25 points, six blocks, uh, his highest 13 rebounds and his highest five assists. Um, we know he can shoot the three When on um, times. Let's not forget he did make five out of seven in one game. Um, think back to his second season. He was seen as a cornerstone of this team's future. Nobody, as a Magic fan, would have accepted a trade for him. When you look at the 2019-20 season, and Bleacher Report actually made reference to this in this article, he averaged 28.8 minutes per game, 2.3 blocks, 1.6 steals, 6.8 rebounds, and shot 34% from deep. Of course, you're going to take him as a, a solid first first 10 pick and he is a automatic inclusion on your starting lineup when he's fit um, on those figures. So yeah, I would still take him and I don't regret us taking him and I'm not ready to give up on him yet.
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to the, to the draft, it's hard to look at Jonathan Isaac and not think of injuries, not think of all the, the um, you know, off court, yeah, the
0: attendance stuff that's gone with
1: it. Um, yeah, the off-court yeah. stuff that's kind of just now uh, attached to Jonathan Isaac. Um, I, I would agree that I would still consider him at six. I think Darian Fox at six was still kind of pique my, my attention um, during that time frame because Darian Fox, I think, is a player that is, in my opinion, needs to be moved out of Sacramento quickly. That's just me. Um, but Al, let's let's get into the next one. So we we really want to break down some some couple of thoughts from you guys, um, in regards to a season preview. Um, Al, what do we have? Okay.
3: Yeah, so let's start it off with a simple question: <clears throat> thoughts on the off season moves or lack thereof by the front office. How do you guys feel about it? Do you guys feel like the team is good enough for next season as it is, or were you guys wishing for maybe more movement in our roster?
0: Mikey, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm happy. I felt that our summer was always going to revolve around that number one pick. We took that player um, in Paolo. We now need to see what we have remaining in that squad. Um, I can understand the clamour around Magic fans for bigger moves to go in and try and get somebody donovan mitchell is the obvious one that keeps getting mentioned i can understand that but for me we have to see what we have with Paolo and what we have with the rest of this young young core markel jalen cole uh, the backcourt are all playing for a position and all have something to prove to both the team and the fans and the nba as a wider public um Ji's return and the re-sign of Mo Bamba make the backcourt a really interesting back- battleground as well for you know starting positions and minutes. Um, we all rate Wendell, so it's it, that's we we need to see how they all mesh together. You then throw in that France is coming off an exceptional and probably underrated rookie season. So let's we need to see how he's going to develop further and looking what he's doing over in Europe with Germany at the moment um, yeah once we've seen what we've got this season I'm happy for us to potentially swing bigger in free agency and uh, trades next summer I'm happy with what we've done I would rather have a measured approach than throwing the throwing a bag at sergi backer and um, moving Vic and pick on again like we did before
1: yeah paul i think you uh you said a really good point i think when it comes to the offseason people automatically just look at gary harris and then uh mo bamba like man that's all you guys did you guys didn't do anything else but no one's including the fact that in this offseason you know part of that offseason is paulo bancaro like he is that this is a a stud a potential number one option that you're adding to this team already that is going to greatly increase the talent pool that that we have. And the mm-hmm. fact that people don't include him in the conversation, I find it nuts because he's going to be a big part of this basketball team. You're also taking into account that you have a second season from Franz. And you're right, he has a very, very, very underrated uh, rookie season from an outside perspective. Um, yeah. And then you're, you're hoping to get a, a healthier Jalen Suggs that only played maybe – 40 plus games. I think it was like 42, 43 games last season. So you're hoping that you're going to add something a little bit more there. And I think that there's a lot of different elements um, that will, that it could be the reason why the magic decided not to do anything else. What about you, Mikey? What do you think?
2: I I really like the off season. Again, like you said, you've, you've already touched on bank that the the big fish that we landed with with the number one pick. Uh, The thing that I really like about this roster is the, the, the real competition that there is for minutes in every position now. Um, I, I mean you can look at it now and you could you can really say right there well there's four nailed on starters with faults: Franz Wagner, Bancero and, and Wendell. But they've got players breathing down their necks. I mean, Bamba's gonna push Wendell for minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're gonna have JI coming back this year. If if Bancaro's not playing well, he's gonna he's gonna be wanting to 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 have more playing time. Now he's healthy. Uh, the guard position, like I said, Suggs and Cole Anthony, they're going to want minutes at the guard positions. And then you've got the two veterans who are also going to push the, these kids as well to to be great with Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. So, um, yeah, I, I like the balance. And then you, you've obviously then got the the flexibility of all the different lineups that this team can put out this season in, in different situations with I mean, we've already talked about like the, the four big lineups with, Mm. with franz banquero j.i wendell you could have bamba playing at the five and that like we could we got some we got some real versatility on this roster um the 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 most important thing going into this season is is figuring out what what's the guys who who are we really building around moving forwards um and, and who's who's ready to move on so yeah like i said but Banquero's the he was the number one pick. We we've needed that number one option. That was what we were really missing. We've got that now. Um, we've got lot. He's got lots of complementary pieces, and we've already talked about his possibility, his, his potential playing with with Franz Wagner. Um, it's it's going
1: to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah my my perspective has always been all right. Let's pretend for a moment that Gary Harris and Mobamba was not on this team. They just weren't. All right? Let's just say for a moment, let's pretend that we signed two players this offseason and we signed Gary Harris and Mo Bamba. Not, not with any knowledge that they were on the team previously. I think a lot of people would be extremely hyped about those, those signings. When you're yeah. looking at shooting guards and, and, and big men, these are players that were ranked pretty high when it came to the free agent availability, the free agent targets. And I think that People will learn to love Mobamba so much more now, with the fact that he knows what his role is. He accepted his role. He's not the Kevin Garnett type of player that people were expecting for him to be early on. Um, and he's a player that, as we know, Wendell Carter hasn't been the healthiest player in the NBA. He's someone that has really dealt with these injuries. So the fact that if something were to happen with Wendell, we know like we've accepted the fact that that's our center. That's Day one, that's your position. You earned it. But if something were to happen, I think that we can all agree that we would feel pretty comfortable with Mo Bamba at least stepping in and holding the fort down until Windows up and running. What about you, Al?
3: Yeah, I think you guys said it best. I mean, this year is all about seeing what we have, seeing who's on the roster, who's going to stay here long term. That's the biggest thing. And then next offseason it's going to be fun. You have a lot of money to play with. You've some decisions to make. So I think it's a building block to what's next with this team. I think we we're now you know accruing assets, put throwing them on the court together, say, hey, what's gonna stick? And I think that's what this year is all about. Um and again, I think we'll be surprised, you know. Another thing that we're not really talking about here is GI and Markel, two guys that you're pretty much adding to this team as well. They barely played last Great. year. And when Markel did play, this Absolutely. team looked incredible. They played 500 basketball until they started to really blatantly tank the last few weeks. They were playing really, really well. So I think when you consider that, in reality, you're adding, again, like you said, Anthony, Mo Bamba, Kerry Harris. But then add to that a healthy J.I., a healthy Markel, Paolo it It's a fun team to watch and also a full season, hopefully, of Jalen Suggs. So I, I think I, I'm OK with that. I think there's a lot of debate out there. Hey, should the Magic pull the trigger? Go for a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Go for a guy that can kind of change the dynamic of the team obviously, I think if that were to happen, I think none of us in the screen right now would hate it and would say, what did we just do? However, we're all thinking realistic. We're not there just yet. We are getting there pretty soon. We cannot pay 14 guys millions and millions of dollars to be on the roster. So at some point, that time will come. That day is not today, in my opinion. Um, But with that being said, I know, Mikey, you made a good point about building blocks and finding who those are. Next question for you guys here is name me your top three building blocks on this team today? And by that, I mean three guys that if a team was to call you, let's call them the Knicks, and said, I want that player. You will just hang up right away. Who are those guys?
2: Franz Wagner, Paolo Banquero and Wendell Carter for me. That's that's the three. Um, I think I think Zach Lowe said this best on, on one of his episodes a few months back when he had uh, Kevin Clark on from The Ringer, and they were discussing about what players have the Magic got on this roster now that you could see being building blocks on a title contender in the next five, ten years? And, and, and those were the three guys that, that their names come up. Um, I think there's too many question marks around everybody else when, like, like we've already discussed, like Markel Foltz. We, we know we can't expect him to be that number one pick, Markel Foltz, anymore. But the impact that he has when he is on the floor really makes a difference to this team. But we've not seen him stay healthy for long enough. The same with J.I. Jalen Suggs had a really disappointing rookie season. Let's just say it how it is. But I'm expecting a lot from him this year. Cole Anthony on the defensive end and his consistency needs to improve with his efficiency offensively. So we've got lots of pieces. But for me, the, the three guys that have proven that, uh, apart from Bankero, sorry, the, the two guys that have proven that they are solid players and, and you know what they're going to bring every night is, is Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner. And Bancaro, obviously, when you invest the number one pick in a guy, you, you're not moving him unless it's for some 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 superstar player. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging up if their names are mentioned.
0: I'm on the same three people, but technically... I'm only on two, Paolo and Franz. Anybody else, um, I'm listening. Um, J.I. was that person before the injury. Um, let's hope he can get himself back to being in that position. But as of this moment, I'm two pe- I'm two with Paolo and Franz. And if I've got to put a third there, then it's Wendell.
2: His contract is, is what really nails that down for yep. me. Mikey, it's beat con- me to it. Sorry, man. Yeah. Beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. It's the contract. The contract is ridiculous. The contract. As, is And ridiculous.
0: coming back to what we said before, in the in that that list, he should have been way higher than, than number twenty-one. He is far more valuable, and for me, underrated than the that position shows it. Yeah, I think so- I would say
3: though, if he plays the way that he played in the second half of the season for the entire season coming up, I think he will go up quite a bit in that list. I think oh yeah, it's just people are looking at it as, hey, he's never really been healthy that long. He put it together for a few months, but can he do that consistently? So it's all about not doing it. And I mean, I got to witness a guy hand first going to all the games and and, and sitting near the magic bench when I go to the games. And I got to tell you, like the guy really went from being a guy that I'm just like, oh, I like Wendell Carter to a guy that when he would show up to arena and warm up and you see him kind of getting ready for games, he looks like an all-star the way he's carrying himself his body he's looking leaner how he's playing on the court showing emotion so I can definitely see this guy kind of becoming something more than just a starter in the NBA so I I think we're going to see that this season coming up if the health is there um and again on that list you can see him definitely be at least top 12 top 10 uh next season coming up
1: yeah yeah his contract is is insane so when it when it comes to untouchables, it, it needs to make sense. Like for me, a player like Jonathan Isaac trading him right now, in my opinion, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because we finally get to a point where he's healthy and we're going to be able to see him play basketball this season. Like we know that that's happening. And the thing is, is that let's say that some some team does call and say, "Hey, what do you want for Jonathan Isaac?" What well, you're sending out in Jonathan Isaac, you're not going to get back. Uh, there was um, there's a, a one of those trade scenarios, a mock trade that we saw, that um, had Jonathan Isaac being traded for a Buddy Hield and a yep. protected first round pick. Realistically, Indiana's not doing that. It doesn't make sense for Indiana. Why is Indiana sending out Buddy Hield a protected first for Jonathan Isaac? Unless they know something that we don't know about Jonathan Isaac, hmm. but the Magic are in such a great position with Jonathan Isaac that. We we know that he didn't meet the the terms of how many games that that he played in order to make his full contract guaranteed. We know that there's a lot of flexibility to where if he turns out not to be the Jonathan Isaac that we're expecting in in a healthy situation, then if we decide to waive him, we're not losing any money financially. So then, when I look at a player like Wendell Carter Jr., he's four four years, fifty million dollars, and every year his contract is declining this is a part of the reason why I absolutely love our front office because every player in their contracts are set up this way. We're looking at Gary Harris contract this year's guaranteed, but next year is not guaranteed. So everything that they're doing, every step seems like it's being calculated. I would also uh, agree with you, Mikey. I would include Wendell Carter in that, in that third spot with Paolo and Franz, but financially Wendell Carter, I I almost feel bad for him that he signed that contract (laughs) because he signed that contract before he had this killer amazing season. And then now he's balling out. And now I'm sure he's like, "Damn, if I, maybe if I would have bet on myself, because he would have definitely got way more than that 50 mil. I I still can't. I say this all the time. It is by far the best contract in the NBA. There's no reason why his agent, (laughs) And I get why because – so a player like him has to accept that contract because he's injury-prone. Yeah, But that that fit, that four-year 50 mil, and that contract is starting this season is looking amazing more and more every time we see him play. Man, how do you think Chicago feel right now? Oh, yeah. My goodness. Poor guys. It's
2: got to
3: (laughs) to stay, huh? It's
1: it's rough. Like hindsight, right? We're looking at (laughs) Nikola Vucevic for – Franz, Wendell, and we still got a draft pick. Got a pick. Yep. Still coming got a this pick. Year. It's like, hmm. Vooch is amazing, but thank you. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I think there is a, a flip side for Chicago on that, that without landing Vooch, it showed some ambition. They wouldn't have got some of the other yeah. guys coming during last True. summer. I know it didn't work out particularly brilliantly for them over the season, but they're in a position to build.
1: It worked out for both teams. Chicago was it a did. team that you know because of Vooch, they were they able to get uh DeRozan and they made move for Lonzo. So, so really, the the big fish for Chicago, what they got out of it is being able to sign Zach Levine to to a contract, yeah. um, and having yeah. him stay there. Because if they didn't do that, if they didn't show some type of life to kind of help better that team, there's no way, in my opinion, that he would end up staying. Um, now we do have an extremely young. Team, right? The we have vets in maybe potentially Terrence Ross. You have vets in Gary Harris. We have young vets in Markel Foltz and, and Jonathan Isaac. But when it comes to who you guys view this team as a leader, who is that one player that you guys are saying this is the guy? This guy is going to be the one that leads this team moving forward. And I know that you know, maybe you have teams that you have multiple leaders, but they the magic need to have at least that one. Who is that one, Paul? Uh,
0: verbally, in the locker room and on the bench, you can't look past Cole. You can't Agreed. look past Cole. You saw, you saw him when he was out back end of the season, how he was supporting that team, how he was encouraging, how he was coaching people. Um, I also think that Wendell is in that group as well. I think Wendell will, will have the ear of people. Um, And I also think that that's the importance of bringing Gary Harris back. In bringing him back, he is an experienced veteran who will have people listen to his experience and his words, but it's hard to see past Cole. I agree.
2: Mikey? I find this this one hard to answer, to be honest. Um, I agree with Paul verbally, but I, I just feel like for a guy that's not actually played that many games, Markel faults the experience that he's had, the, the, the things that he's gone through being the number one pick, that's going to be really valuable to somebody like Banquero And he's obviously gone through a lot, a lot, a lot off the floor with his injuries and, and the expectations on his shoulders and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and he's still coming back and, and we saw what he would, he brought to the magic at the end of last season. Um, and I think he's going to be one of the quieter, sort of like arm-on-your-shoulder sort of guys. Um, he's got a level head. He's not. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's not going to let emotions get away from him a little bit. Um, so I, I think Markel's leadership is certainly probably not talked about enough. Uh, but, yeah, th- th- there's lots of guys that, that can take that, that can, can be that it, guy, it is- but...
0: It is going to be a, um, a collective leadership as a team. I think you're going to see, I agree with Mikey, that you're going to see Markel leading, particularly on the court because of having ball in hand. Equally, I think that's going to be the case with uh, with Paolo, that he's going to very, very quickly become that person that people look to uh, amongst the team. That's why I, I said verbally, because I think in the, in the locker room, he, Cole's going to be that person who is firing everybody up I'm guessing that he's kind of the person who's picking everybody's playlist to listen to before they, they go out to get them all hyped and uh, giving it the 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 you know <laughs> in the huddle he's the one who's going to be uh, shouting
2: yeah. But again, this is this is the different dynamics that this roster's got. Like th- there's going to be situations where players need somebody like Cole to get in their ear uh, uh, and get them going. And then there's going to be situations like at an end of a game where the game's tight, or you've got one possession to go and win the game, and you need to you need to be calm, and you need to you need to really think about the way you're going to approach those last few seconds of a game, those last few possessions. I feel like the, 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 we've got all those different dynamics in the locker rooms. So
1: yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I
0: was where are watching. You guys? Where
2: were you? I was get- wi-
1: I was watching um an interview. So we we know that Patrick Beverly just um got traded over to the Lakers. And I was watching an interview that popped up in, in my feed that he had a few months ago about, you know, what team would he want to play with? And um he had said that if he was on the Lakers, they would make it to the playoffs. Patrick Beverly, he is saying that if he was added to the Los Angeles Lakers, that team would be a playoff team. And his reasoning behind it was the fact that he feels that team doesn't have a leader. Yeah, it's, it's LeBron, but LeBron is doing a lot of everything. There's nobody else to keep LeBron accountable. And he believes that he would be that guy. And it, it kind of made me think, like, he's kind of right. He has a point. I don't know if he would make them a playoff team, but he's kind of right in the point where, you know, you don't have to be the best player to be the leader on the team. Yep. So, Paul, I, I, I would agree with you. I would select Cole Anthony, but I wouldn't select Cole Anthony just because he's vocal. I would also select them because um, – so I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and Al, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. If the game is on the line, the game is tied 79-79, fourth quarter, 10 seconds left on the clock. You're inballing the ball into the court. we have possession. Who would be the one player on the Magic that you would feel comfortable live or die taking the last shot?
3: I mean, based on previous history and in most recent history really – that guy's got to be called Anthony, right? He's already proven that he can hit that shot. He's willing to take it. Um, and I think also willing to deal with the consequences if he misses. So yeah. I think that would be the guy that I would kind of count on. However, with a full healthy Magic team right now, it's kind of tough because you got Paolo out there. You got Franz out there. Wendell, if something, a good night. It's tough to say who that guy would be. But if I had to say one, it would be called Anthony for me.
1: If you're, if you're running a play, yeah, maybe Wendell Carter. Right, um, we've seen Paolo Bancaro kind of and granted, summer league. You know, I get you can't put too much into it, but he was already put in a situation where you know the the game was on the line multiple times in regular regulation and in overtime where he could take the last shot and the last minute he decided to pass the ball, which is great. I love the playmaking, um, but I just think that there's something about Cole Anthony that he wants it, and I think that that's part of. That's that's what makes certain leaders different than others. He's the type of person that he wants to give me the basketball. I am, go- I want to take the last shot, and like you said, Al, he's willing to deal with the consequences whether it goes in or goes out. He's already done it twice, which I think that it's it's a big it's a big thing. It's one thing to talk about it; it's another thing to be able to walk it also. And I think that Coy Anthony has an interesting dynamic where he's extremely vocal. He's not like Markel, where Markel's demeanor seems like he's a little more reserved. Coy Anthony is vocal. He's the type of person that where uh some timberlands and the nba slam dunk contest in new york in front of you know the whole entire world and not care about it and he's also the type that say give me the basketball let me try and make him play and i think that in my opinion he would be the person that i would think would be the leader of the orlando magic
3: yeah it's tough like i said there's, there's a lot of guys that can lead in different ways in the locker room in my opinion um but i think as of right now cole's got to get that get that um responsibility i would i would assume but like Mikey said, I think a guy like Markel Fultz, tons of already things in the NBA, experience in the NBA, leads in a different way. He's a great playmaker, acts like a leader on the court. I could see that also being a guy that leads in the locker room as well. And I'm going to throw a controversial one out there too, just because I've heard the guy speak and man, like he, he gets my attention right away. Jonathan Isaac is another guy that to me, when he is on the court, when he is part of the team, when he's involved, I think guys respect his opinion. When he speaks, I think they respect what he has to say. So I think in a different way than Cole, I think he could be a guy that if he is healthy, he's actually playing the games. If he sits you down and says, hey, guys, what's going on? Let's talk about this. I think the, the room listens automatically because he's the one speaking. So yep. I can see him becoming more of a leader as, as he kind of gets acquainted back to the team once again. That
1: dude is not afraid of controversy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's one of the strengths, something that the the front office have done particularly well as well in keeping ji involved you know again where it's something that we seem to do with uh guys who are out involve them in the in the coaching process um keep them active within the the framework of the team uh, I, I do think our front office is underrated I, perhaps controversial I, yeah. but, easy
1: easy and then mikey i, I agree with you I, I think that everyone has um a little element to their their leadership to where it it, it might just be a team effort Um, And you have others that lead by by example, you have others that lead vocally. And I think that what makes this team so special is that somehow it all works. And I think that eventually we're going to be able to see the fruits of it. Um, But kind of transitioning to our last segment of this episode, um, we're going to do a very quick over and under rapid fire. We're going to give you some things. And then from both of you, we just want to hear if you think that it will be over that number or under. So the very first one. It's actually one's one of my favorites. I picked this one. Jonathan Isaac will play 50 games over and under. Under. I'm going over. Oh, what's your over? 51. Safe. safe. I like it. Good call. Playing the safe. I'm playing the safe. Franz Franz Wagner, three point percentage for the season. 37%. Over. Ooh, both over. I like that. Sharpshooters. Paulie Bancaro assist per game. Mister Playmaker four. Over. And
2: this isn't me being negative. I'm going to go under just because I'm not sure how he's going to have the ball in his hands quite as much as we expect to start the season. So
3: okay, but That's over would be nice. Yeah. All right, guys, a few more here going. So, players that will average 17 points per game or more, let's set the number at two. Over or under?
1: Over. Who are the two? Paolo.
2: And Cole Anthony.
0: Hmm. How about you, Paul? I think it will be Franz and Wendell.
3: Ooh. So you guys think,
0: I think we'll have at least I think, two or more players. If, if you haven't
3: if you haven't
2: worked out, most of the time me and Paul just like being different. So <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Good
0: Call <or> Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think that and I do think that Cole will be getting close to it as well.
3: Okay. All right, next one. Markel Foltz, points per game. We're sending the number at fourteen.
2: I'm, I'm gonna get yeah, I'm gonna go ahead as well. Hey, you guys agreed.
0: <laughs> That's <it>. This episode's <laughs> over. <laughs> Done.
3: <laughs> All right. Next one. The players representing the Magic in the All Star game. The number is set at one.
0: Under. Is it Al? You only give us zero. One. Under. Yeah. So, under <laughs> for both. Okay. Last one.
3: Magic position in the standings in the Eastern Conference at the end of the season. I'm setting the rank. Ri- the magic at 10th in the east by the end of the season so be careful with this one if you say lower that means that we don't make the play-in tournament if you're saying over that means that at least we're making the play-in tournament so go for it
1: and i'm gonna, well, I'm, I'm, gonna to keep, I'm gonna keep this and we're gonna revisit it
2: the <laughs> hey, and make sure. i'm planning to be saved. back in
0: april i'm planning to be back in april so i'm saying we're finishing nice
2: nine. nice yeah let's go over
1: we're gonna
0: finish nice nine. there you
1: go mikey <laughs> All right, guys, man, a lot a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys joining us so much. If you guys haven't heard Penny for Your Thoughts podcast, definitely a must listen to. You guys have an amazing podcast, an amazing group that you guys are growing. Make sure you go over to the YouTube page. I believe the YouTube page is Orlando Magic UK. Is that correct? That's right. All right. Yep. My, Mikey, where is it that everyone can follow you on the social medias? uh you can follow us all at orlando magic uk on facebook instagram
2: tiktok and twitter uh like i said the youtube channel penny for your thoughts uh, sorry the the podcast penny for your thoughts which you can also find on our youtube channel and you can follow me on twitter
1: at mikey clark 87 awesome man appreciate you guys joining us so much you guys are coming down in october i told you guys when you guys come down your first round is on me you also mentioned that you're coming down with 25 people so i just want to reinforce <laughs> that
0: <laughs> only your drinks are on me
1: i just want to i just want to make sure that that was clear <laughs> are
0: you are you guys going to be there opening night for the boston game i'll we be, will there. be there we will be
3: there so we'll definitely uh, offline yeah. connect and and, and um, make sure that we get together and have some uh, a good time before the game. Absolutely. Good on good on that note,
1: it's a wrap. Ahead. I appreciate you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a 5-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.